Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. Quite a while, we began our service um, with a time of prayer, really before the sermon, um, with a time of prayer, um, where hopefully it's a, a time when we ask God to speak to us, um, where it's not, we're not trying to figure out, you know, our, it's so easy to have a scattered, scattered mindset, so easy to come in and just be, you know, distracted by so many things, distracted by the week, distracted by just a number of different things. And sometimes we can just kind of zip through and go, man, I can't wait for this to be over. That way I can say I went to church and let's get home, right? And so um, my encouragement to us is that we do that all the time, that we're praying this all the time. All right, it's not just something we do on Sunday morning before the sermon, but that we're learning that we're always God speak to me. Talk to me. Let me have ears that hear you. Let me be perceptive to your Holy Spirit. So again, I always want to remind us, you know, the things that we do, there is a method to our madness sometimes where it isn't just to go through and sound really great, but it's something to train our hearts to continually do. Um, So let's take a second and do that. Pray where you are and uh, just have a talk with Jesus right now. Father, thanks for bringing us here. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Father, for giving us your spirit. Thank you for allowing us to uh, be in your presence, for opening up your word. We want to learn it. We want to obey you. We want to be trained by you, Father, not just trained to behave like you. We want to have your heart. We want to have your thoughts. We want to see the way you see and hear what you hear, Father. And I pray that you will continue to renovate our hearts, Father. I pray that you continue to, to just crush up the hardness, Father, and just give us soft hearts that can love you, serve you, and proclaim your good news. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, trained by Jesus, right? I mean, we're um, hopefully um, the, a couple of the dots I hope everyone's connecting as we've talked about being trained by Jesus is that if we were walking around with Jesus on a regular basis, it might be fairly uncomfortable to us, right? It would be like, I'm thinking more and more in my life where I'm like, you know, I think Jesus would probably have something to say about this, you know? <laughs> you know, hey, I think Jesus would be like, hey, Keith, come here, man, let's sit down and talk, right? And, uh, and, and there's this side of the Son of God walking with us, and that hasn't changed. That, that's not different. He says, I'm putting my Holy Spirit inside of you as a counselor, as a friend, as somebody that's walking with you, right? And I know for me, it's really like I want to I want to lean more towards the side of Jesus where he's just kind of my buddy. I like that. 
And then I forget, hold on, Jesus, I got to be, I, listen, it, it's going to be hard to be like Jesus. All right, you're asking me to do things that are really difficult and I need his encouragement. Okay, and there's some very uncomfortable things that Jesus can even do with us. Right. I mean, and this is a section we're going to read in Luke nine that I think is going to um, be a little bit challenging. Okay, and I think maybe even a little bit surprising, but we're going to start in Luke nine in verse one. Okay, we're going to read all the way through uh, down through verse 20. We'll get there. Luke nine, verse one. Summoning the twelve, he gave them power and authority over all the demons and power to heal diseases. Then he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Take nothing for the road, he told them. No walking stick, no traveling bag, no bread, no money. Don't take an extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there and leave from there. If they do not welcome you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and traveled from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing everywhere. Okay, so again, our mindset of being trained by Jesus. Um, let me say this. I think this is going to be helpful for us. If we forget that Jesus is calling us to follow him in his mission, Jesus was truly here on a mission. He had a, a mindset. He had this idea that I'm going down there to proclaim a message that is going to reconcile people with my father. And, I, and what can happen sometimes, I think, with discipleship is we think Jesus came down to just make our lives better. And you're going, well, what kind of downer are you, Keith? Like he doesn't want our lives to be better? No, no, no. Understand something, when we follow him in his will, our lives are fulfilled and incredible and awesome and without regret and all of these things. But we have to kind of change our perspective of going, oh, he's training us to be missionaries. That, that's what Jesus is training us to be. See, here's what happens. We talked about it a little bit last week is sometimes as disciples, we want to be in a place and get to a place in church where we can just go. Can I just like relax? Right. Can I can I not worry about the loss? Can I not be all about this? I mean, can't we get to a place of stability and we forget that the will of Jesus, he's training us all to be missionaries. He's training us all to go out and make disciples. He's training us to do that. Right. And we see right here he takes his guys. Now, think about this. He says, proclaim the kingdom of God. We've been given that if, if you're a disciple of Jesus, we've been given that charge as well. But this should be concerning. Take nothing with you. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, don't take a thing. But Jesus, I need a water bottle. I'm not talking about, he's not talking about like possess, like go sell your possession. He's saying, no, I'm sending you off to go village to village. And I'm going to tell you something very specific to do. Proclaim the gospel. But don't take anything with you. But, but Jesus, I mean, can I get an extra shirt? No. No. Don't bring an extra shirt. Can I bring some money? I mean, can I buy a snack on the way? <laughs> you know, I mean, no water bottle, no money, no extra shirt. You know, can you imagine this? Can you imagine Jesus going, yeah, you want to know what? And I'm fine with this. I'm fine with this. Like I have a specific reason here. Don't bring, uh -oh, don't bring any bread either. Uh oh, yeah. By the way, when you enter a house, oh, yeah, where are we going to stay? Right. 
I mean, can I make a reservation somewhere? Like the Holiday Inn Express or something? Can I, can I get something with a buffet at breakfast? He says, no, no, no. No, whatever house you go into, he's going, I, listen, y'all figure it out. You go village to village, you figure it out. Where are you going to stay at night? You guys figure that out, okay? And that, I don't know about you, that's a little troubling to me. <laughs> that's a little bit troubling to me when he says this. And they went out and they traveled from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing everywhere, okay? So again, getting in training mode with Jesus. There are going to be times when Jesus said, I want you to go and take nothing with you. You're like, you're going to have to figure this out on your own. All right, that's against our character in a lot of ways. That's against our comfort zone. We, we are a people, especially in Christianity, is can I just get like the, everything written out of what I need to do and how I need to say it and where I need to say it and when I need to say it and, 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 and just go, no, no, no don't, don't take anything. Right, go proclaim the gospel. Go proclaim the gospel. Are you hearing that from Jesus? Says, go and proclaim the gospel. But Jesus, you don't understand. Can I bring like my notes? Can I bring a study series? Can I bring all these? No, 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 man. Just go do it. Okay. We get really like there is a battle against this. Because we have this idea of Jesus giving us such practicals. Like, hey, when you get there, do these three things. He's like, no, when you get there, you can find a place to live if you want. Or you can go live in the dirt somewhere. Like, y'all figure out where you live, and y'all, and, and so it's this idea of Jesus really stripping us down to the bare bones, all right? It's this idea of when we're being trained by Jesus, he's going to go, listen, I'm going to strip everything away, so you can't rely on anything, all right? But this is God's way. This is really God's way. Turn over to Judges chapter 7, okay? He does this often, and I love it, and I don't love it at the same time, because you're like... You know, this is cool until it happens to me. You know, this is good stuff, man. We're like, (laughs) Father, you are an awesome trainer of people, and you have all of this power. We do that, right? I mean, when when we're in church or reading our Bible, we're like, God has all the power, (laughs) right? He can do everything. That's what Christians say, right? He can do everything. Okay, until he says, no, 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 go do this, but don't take anything with you. (laughs) Say, what? Well, you can't do that. You can't use me. Strip down, okay? But he says, I've been doing this. Judges chapter 7. You guys are familiar probably with a man named Gideon. Uh, He's saying this. Uh, He says uh, in verse, Judges 7, verse 1, Jerubbaal, that is Gideon, and everyone who was with him got up early and camped beside the spring of Herod. The camp of Midian was north of them, below the hill of Morah, in the valley. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many people for me to hand the Midianites over to you, or else Israel might brag, I did it myself. Now announce in the presence of the people, Whoever's scared and trembling, you can turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 of the people turned back, and 10,000 remained. All right? So, so think about this. You're getting ready to go to war. And Gideon goes, hold on a minute. Okay, guys, here's the plan. God says we have too many people. If you're scared, you can go. <laughs> Gone. Two-thirds. Say no more. I'm out of here. 
See you later. And the other 10,000 are going, what just happened? I could now it's up. Okay, but it goes on. Then the Lord said to Gideon, there's still too many people. Take him down to the water, and I'm going to test him there, okay? And he does his test, okay? He does his little test on how they drink. And, and you know, it, it's, this is one of those funny things where we try to make so much out of it. Well, the reason that he does that, because of certain ones. Yeah, like this is what we used to always say, okay? Um, he goes down, and he says, if some of them drink this way, okay, then, then you know not to take them. But if some drink this way, then, then you take them. And, and, and I used to even preach like this. It's, it's like, well, you know. There were certain guys that they would go down and they would go to the water and they looked more ready. And so God was like, those are the guys you take and come. That's not even the point of the story. God is like, no, I'm not telling you to bring the best guys. I'm saying stack the odds against me. All right. It's not about bringing the best. Okay. But he says here, he's like, you have 300 people here and I will hand the Midianites over to you. Could you imagine that? The, the fear of going, you want to know what? When I had 32,000 people, isn't it easy to go, God is awesome. He can take over anyone, <laughs> right? It's awesome to say that in, in a Sunday church service. It's awesome to say that in the fellowship. God can do anything until he starts stripping away things from us. And he starts going, no, no, no I got to take all of these things away from you. I've got to take your strengths. I've got to take all the things you lean on and, you, and all the things that you're using as false props, I'm going to take all of these things away from you so you can learn here. It's interesting because the same thing happened in Numbers 11, and we don't have to read that. Abby was sharing with, uh, this with me yesterday, um, is when uh, the Israelites were like, we want some meat. We want some meat. And uh, God said, okay, fine, I'll, I'll give you some meat. And Moses goes, God, we have 600,000 soldiers. Like if you slaughtered every animal we have, there wouldn't be enough. And God is like, are you saying I can't do it? <laughs> are you saying I can't do that? Right? And so it's this idea of, again, kind of digging into our own hearts about how we even view God outside of like a saying that God is powerful. And he's going, hold on a minute. When I strip these things away, when I do something amazing, the first thought that goes in our minds is you can't do that. God, you're good, Father, because, you know, you made the universe. You're great at all that. You're a good religious guy, but you can't bring meat. Right? It challenges our view right here. But he's been doing this all along. God is about stacking the odds against himself. Why? So me and you don't brag. Okay? That is so important. Because here's the deal is, is this, it's this idea of, you know, you can do anything if pretty much if you get enough people. But it's this idea of, hey, God is going to have it in a way that it's like you can't brag. People should go, what is wrong? Like, how, how is God working in this group? How, how is God working? There's not enough people. You know, there's not enough theologians. There's not enough. Uh... God is going, this is exactly what I want. Because really, can you handle this, though? When the city of Clemson is looking at us and going, those guys? <laughs> They can't even play softball. <laughs> we beat them by 60 runs <laughs> in 30 minutes. <laughs> you know, those guys, you know, that dude preaching, that guy doing that. You know what I mean? Is that's what we should be ready for going, yeah, heck yeah. Because you got to understand something. It's not us. We can't brag. All right. We can't do this. Okay. So it's this idea of Jesus training is stripping us down because here's the thing. If we're asked to do something we could do on our own, 
Why would God ask us to do it? Why would we need God? Now, now think about the things that we, we, oftentimes we live in a way that we're like, I can do this on my own. Okay. And so as he, as he challenges us here and he sends these guys out, he says, don't take anything. I've got to strip you down to the bare bones. So you aren't depending on anything. You're not depending on your money. You're t- nothing. You're just going out there. Okay. And then there's this little story of Herod here. We're going to pick back up in verse 10, Luke 9, verse 10. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus all they had done. He took them along. He withdrew privately to a town called Bethsaida. When the crowds found out, they followed him and he welcomed them. And he spoke to them about the kingdom of God. And he cured those who needed healing. Do you see a you see a plan here? Jesus sent the guys out. Go and proclaim the kingdom of God and heal. And then the people come to Jesus later. And what does he do? Proclaim the kingdom of God and heal. All right. You see, you, we're seeing the, the, our Lord who's training us has this one track mind. Okay. With the world here. And late in the day. So it got started to get late. Verse 12. The 12 apostles approached and said to him, Send the crowd away so they can go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find food and lodging because we're in a deserted place here. And then Jesus said, you give them something to eat. Now, now we got to stop here because there's so much to this, okay? So, and, and this is us right here. I mean, this is so crazy. So if you look up here right in verse, uh, middle of verse 12, when the, when the guys go, hey, Jesus, it's getting late. Send the crowds away, okay? You want to hear something crazy about about the Greek construct of that, okay? You want to know what he, you know what they went to Jesus? They went up to Jesus and commanded him to get rid of these people. That's exactly, they gave him a command. And the command is even, they said, we all are telling you, tell these people to go. All right. Would you ever do that? Be careful. Don't answer too quick. Would you ever do that? That seems like, you're going, really? Man, these guys are kind of big for their britches right now. You know, they went out and they did some things and they come back and they're like, hey, we had a good day's work. Jesus, you proclaim the gospel. Now we're going to tell you what to do. And it sounds like it's reasonable. Like, why wouldn't Jesus want them to eat? But then here comes the training. He said, listen, you give them something to eat. How? They even kind of pop off here just a little bit when they're like, well, what do you want us to do? Go buy food for 5,000 people? <laughs> right? I mean, us today with like curbside pickup, you couldn't go. It'd be, it'd be a mess to feed 5,000 people. But you're talking about, you know, they're kind of like, okay, so why do I say all this? Is oftentimes when we're following Jesus, this is what we can do is we can, in very justifiable ways, begin to tell Jesus what he needs to be doing. Right? So it's this idea of, uh, again, this, this training aspect of stripping us down. And then you want to know what? When we get kind of raw, now some more things are coming out. Right? Is this idea of, Jesus, you go and do this. Have you ever done that before? All right? I want you to think about that. It sounds great. Jesus, fix this. What if Jesus said, you fix this? (laughs) He said, Jesus, send the people away. You feed the people. Well, fellas, how much we got here? Five loaves, two fish. (laughs) Like, that that ain't going to work. 
You know, I mean, this is this is craziness. But again, it's this idea. There's this continual lesson that I think Jesus teaches throughout the Gospels, which is this idea of him saying, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Five, five loaves and two fish. No, you can't. Yes, I can. You're crazy if you think I can't. You're nuts. You're following someone else. If you think I can't. All right. But again, this will happen to us. Where we're going, no, no, no. Jesus, there's a better way. Go and do this for me. Go and do that for me. Make my, whatever the situation is in my life, just make it different. Right? Instead of maybe asking this question of, what would you have me do in this situation? What would you have me do? Command me to do something that glorifies you. Let me get on the same page as you. Instead, I think oftentimes in this, listen, this is going to take some sensitivity in our own prayer life, in our own thought life, is to go, how, we just, we've got to be able to, to recalibrate the different times we're going, no, Jesus, my will be done. My will be done. Not my will be done. And I'm going to throw a temper tantrum if you don't give me my will. Okay, and then, so anyway, so you have this. But let's dig even a little bit deeper here, okay? Because this is something I think that we forget. To make this statement right here. And again, we get to read it right here. Of like, these poor fellas, man. I mean, <laughs> their junk is written in front of us, okay? Our, our stuff isn't. But when we look at this and we say, Jesus, my will be done, understand what that is. That is a complete and utter disrespect for Jesus. It's completely disrespectful. It's saying, you can't do this. You can't know better than me. You can't have a better way than me. You can't, you, geez, you can't understand me. Like, I have a better way. And sometimes we kind of go past that and go, man, I got to grow in that. Instead of, I got to repent of my disrespect towards God. Right? And, and this creeps in in so many places. This is quite honestly why oftentimes the gospel doesn't enter into our workplace. Because we go, no, I, I understand better than you do, God, how to do this. Now, I understand how to do this. I don't need your help. Just, just give me open people. And Jesus might say, well, you go proclaim the gospel. <laughs> you go find the open people. Okay? But there's this, this level of disrespect that we have to repent of. Where it's got to be like, no, 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 no more. What do you want me to do? Right? And it might be, Keith, you want to know what I want you to do? Go dig a ditch. Go, you know, obviously it's not something that menial or something like that, but it's this idea of it might be something I don't want to do or how I want my life to turn out or any of these things. No, I want it better than this. My will be done, okay? But he goes on, and, and Jesus again. Here, so here's the thing. Do, have you ever felt deconstructed by Jesus? Have you ever felt where he starts kind of, peeling away the props that we hold up on. And the props can be our personality. Our props can be, you know, our natural strengths. Our props can be all of these things. And he starts like pull them out from underneath us, okay? You ever felt that before, this deconstruction? And it's, it's horrible sometimes, and it's scary. And this is what's happening right here, okay? And then he tells them this. Hey, have them sit in groups of 50, okay? Now, stop a second. <laughs> stop. Are you telling me you could turn five loaves? And two fish and feed over 5,000 people, but you got to have them split up to do it? Okay, here's Jesus. 
Hey, you wanna know what? You know how long it would take to split up 5,000 plus people into groups of 50? <laughs> okay. And, and the whole time, just thinking, oh man. Hey, 50 over here. Could you, if you had 200 people, it'd be hard to do that. And he's like, no, y'all go now. Y'all go and split them up into groups of 50. Boy, that's a hard day's work right there. They're already hungry. It's the end of the day, and now you want me to do this? And then they do it. He feeds them, okay? Now, here's the thing. And, and hopefully, uh, th- this, is, this is kind of like the, the crescendo here. In verse 18, after they had fed everyone, okay? So they sat them all down. And then Jesus, it seems like here he says, uh, they did so in verse 15, he had them all sit down. He took the five loaves and the two fish. He blessed them. And he kept giving them to the disciples to set before the crowd. Okay? And here's the deal. We just don't like hard work. We think like, man, you know, if you're going to do ministry, it's, it's not about working hard, you know, and all these things. And Jesus, you get this picture that Jesus is like this. Okay, come here, boys. And I just got a basket. I'm just, here's some more. Here's some more bread. Could you imagine 12 people passing out bread and fish to over 5,000 people? I mean, I don't even know if Chick-fil-A could do that. This is like the first Chick-fil-A <laughs> right here, okay? I don't know if they could do that. But can you imagine when you were done? Put yourself in that position. When you got done and you're like, hours ago, we told Jesus, it's time. They're hungry, which, which means what? I'm hungry. Okay, Jesus sent him away because I'm hungry. Okay, and then Jesus is like, okay, do your chore, do all these things. Now put yourself in their shoes coming back to Jesus. All right, there is something about this idea of him stripping us away that is meant to get us to a place where we're like, I'm done with myself. Okay, I'm done. I look at whoever's idea it was to tell Jesus what to do, and we would have words. Okay, I'm being like, John, that's your fault, bro. (laughs) Come here, right? I mean, we're walking back going, if anyone ever commands Jesus to do something again, we're killing you. Okay, I mean, just imagine, they're human beings, right? Trudging back. Go, whose bright idea was this? Everything was going fine. And then later, while he was praying in verse 18, he was praying in private and his disciples were with him, which is interesting. Who do the crowds say I am? Jesus asked. They answered, well, John the Baptist. Others say Elijah, still others. You know, maybe one of the prophets has come back. He says, but you, who do you say I am? And Peter said, God's Messiah. All right. Do you see where we've come from here? This is what the goal of this training and this deconstruction is to get us to a place where we're not just saying this word. He's going, no, no, I've seen it, man. You sent us out with nothing. You took care of us. You got here. We popped off to you. You put us to work. I'm tired of this. Who am I? And all his buddies are going, oh, they say this. And Peter's like, no more. I'm done with all this. You are the Messiah. That, you know what that means? Is I am yours. You tell me what to do. I'm out of the business of telling you what to do. Right? You, you're the one with all the answers, not me. Right. And this is this idea of Jesus and ultimately me and you. Okay, this is about transformation. We have to be deconstructed. We we have to. 
God cannot transform us while we hang on to all of our props that are holding us up and making us feel secure and confident. Okay? It just can't happen here. And there's a, there, there's a lesson. And, and, and as I was thinking about these guys, and I was thinking, what would I do different in my life? What, what would be different after this experience? And this was a long experience, because remember, they got sent away. They went away. They did some awesome things. They came back, had this really rough day of training with Jesus, it sounds like. And sitting back, and like Brent was sharing, kind of this idea of reflection. And the thought that came into my, my mind is, I have got to train my mind, because here's the deal. When our minds aren't trained, Things come out of our mouths that we're like, listen, they, they are not the right thing. They're not the good thing. They're not the faithful thing. But training my mind of going, okay, I can't, but you can. <laughs> you, whatever you ask me to do, I can't, but you can. Okay, go proclaim the gospel. But, but I can't. But you can. I don't need anything. I, I absolutely don't need a thing. Let me go out there and do this. Okay, and so this idea of training us to be missionaries is this, come on, go on out there and, and it's going to be a little bit scary. But could you imagine, have you ever been super scared before to do something, right? And you do it and you're like elated that you've done it. Like you're elated. It might even be something as dumb as like a roller coaster, you know, it's like you're, you're hyperventilating and you get off. You're like, oh, that was so great. Let's go again. Okay is Jesus is okay with us going through something hard. He's perfectly okay with that. Yeah. He is perfectly okay. Okay, that's different from us. You know what we do? We want to protect people from going through hard things. All right? When was the last time that you had this conversation, you know, with a brother or sister, and they're going through a hard time and going, I'll pray for you, and this might be exactly where God wants you. Yeah. Would, would that hurt your faith with Jesus? Or would you go, yeah, that's my, that's my Messiah training me. My, okay, yeah, yeah, I don't like that. But we see here, he's okay. He's okay with struggle. He's okay with wrestling. He's okay with not knowing what to do, but do it. All right, sometimes we wait, right? We wait. Hold on a minute, I'm not trained enough. Man, jump in the water, okay? Don't, don't we can't sit back and wait. We can't, but he can. I can't, but you can. In every situation, okay, turn over to Ephesians chapter 3. And this is the thing right here. This is, man, you want to memorize a verse, you want to meditate on a verse. Boy, Paul had it on straight right here, okay? Paul understood. This was a man who had been completely deconstructed of himself. All right, this is a guy that all the things that propped him up and made him feel important, all the things about who he was and how he was born, his nationality and his leadership, and all these things got all stripped away to the point where something he had no vision, he could not see. Everything stripped away, and he says this in Ephesians 3, verse 14. For this reason, Paul writes, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, I pray he may grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in the inner man through his spirit, and that the Messiah may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints the length, the width, 
the height and the depth of God's love. And to know the Messiah's love that surpasses knowledge, so you may be filled with the fullness of God. Okay, once we start like digging into this right here, Paul's going, listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to comprehend the incomprehensible. <laughs> All right, I, I, no, don't, try it. You'll never get to the end, okay? He just sent us on this, on this chase down a road that will never end, okay? You're just going, the, the width and the breadth and the, keep going. Keep, there, there's no stop. He's like, just comprehend this and know the Messiah's love that surpasses knowledge. He says, I want you to know the unknowable. All right, this, this is amazing right here, okay? And he says this in verse 20, just as he's kind of blown your mind. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Okay, here's the deal. Verse 20 and 21, here's the takeaway of training our minds, okay? Is this idea of not just being able to say this, but that this actually is a part of who we are. This idea of Jesus who is able to do above and beyond all I can even think. All right, there's one thing in saying the words. Okay, now here's the deal. It does, you don't snap your fingers and get to that. Because again, remember we talked on Wednesday, the world's bombarding us with the opposite. Like right now, when we, I think sometimes it's very easy to, to like not calculate the world's power. All right, we just think, hey, I'm just driving to work. No, 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 listen, the world is through radio, through music, through advertisements, is a bombardment on our worldview, okay? And so we look at something like this and we're like, man, this is too hard. Okay, I'll memorize it, but it didn't really change things. No, 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 it's beyond memorization. It's, it's how does this overcome the bombardment of the world in my mind? How does this get so drilled into my soul that I'm just not going, hey, this is a great like thing I can post on Instagram. It looks awesome. But it's this idea of, no, this is what is in us. All right. This is that right here. OK, and so that's that's our challenge. And it's not an easy challenge. It's not easy at all. Because in our minds, we're going to be tempted again because you have the world bombarding us and you have Satan bombarding us. And go, you don't have time for all that. You can't take this to work. You can't take this. No, no, no. You got to. And I'm going, hold on a minute. No, no, that's not true. Because we're talking about changing how we view everything. How do I view my boss? How do I view my coworkers? How do I view my teachers? How do I view my friends at school? How do I view? This is not something I add to my life. This is something that becomes my life and how I view everybody. That's, that's mine and yours. That's our challenge here, okay? Is we are not going to be okay with being challenged by Jesus if our base level is he, he's only going to work in me when he gives me things in an easy way. Or, or he can't do certain things. He can't do. He can't overcome certain things, okay? We've got to have this inside of us. 